0: Welcome to Spark the Podcast. We are a group of Christian creatives seeking to connect with God and grow in our faith. We believe in the power of testimony and the blessings that come with being in community with others. Let's be honest,
1: we just can't do it alone. We want to invite you to be a part of it, whether your coffee is running low or you're on the go. Come join the conversation. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Spark the Podcast. I'm McKenna Sailor here with our other host, Amy Rizzuto. Hey, guys. And I am so excited to introduce you to Rebecca Hames. Rebecca and I have been friends since ah, I was a freshman in college at our college at Gardner Webb University. She was actually my university 101 peer leader, and her mom was one of my professors. Funny story, she was like talking about, oh, yeah, um, we're going to go like to moms. And then we're going to go do this with moms. And I was like, do we have to call this teacher mom? And she's like, Oh no, she's like actually my mom. So I have known Becca and her family for years and I've had the honor of seeing Becca transition into every season with a beautiful heart for the Lord. Becca has been married to her husband, Christopher for over 12 years, and they have a beautiful daughter, Elena and handsome son Grant. She is a wife, mom photographer, and recently just got her doula certification. Uh, Welcome, Becca. We're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Hey, guys. I'm so, so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, the last few weeks, I've been in this Bible study at church, and last week, we dove into John 4, 1 through 30. If you don't know the story, it talks about how Jesus had to go through Samaria, which Jews usually avoided. Jesus had a way of meeting people at the intersections of life, and one at a time, their life direction forever changed. You know, I'm going to read a couple of verses just because I find it like really interesting how he didn't he wasn't being forced to go there. Uh, he just had to go. He had to meet this woman. And um, I'm going to start it from 10. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you the living water. And basically the girl was asking, you know, oh, like everybody's been drinking from this water. Like it's nothing different. He goes, yeah, but they're always thirsty again. But if he drinks from the water or if you drink from my water, from Jesus's water, you'll never thirst again. It's the living water. And we can all relate to these big intersections in our life. Maybe going to college, getting married, having kids, could, could go on and on. But it's really who we meet along the way that gives those intersections direction.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And the story goes on, you know, Jesus talks to this woman and he, um, you know, is asking her about her life and her relationships. And, um, you know, he says, go to your, go back and and tell your husband about this. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you know, I, I, I can't, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, I know because you've had five. So Jesus knows this woman's life. And, um, you know, he goes on to tell her that by following him, Um, he will be able to give her the living water that she'll never thirst again. And this is something that, that God offers to us too, this living water. If we will just give up our lives, give up our choices and, you know, our directions and what we want and follow him and, um, Becca, I've, you know, known you for so many years now, I think, you know, 13 years, which is so crazy, um, from going to college together. And I've just seen how your life has been one where you have really followed Jesus, you know, through all the different intersections, um, and, and the different points in your life. Becca, can you share a few intersections that you've experienced in your own life and work and how you've seen God leading you? Yeah, Amy, I'd
2: love to, um. So this concept or your question actually makes me think of a song in my daughter's all time favorite movie. It's Prince of Egypt. She loves it. She's obsessed with it. Um, And there's a song in there called through heaven's eyes, I think. And um, it opens, there's a phrase in it that says in a tapestry, though it's color brightly shines can never see its purpose in the pattern of the grand design. I can honestly tell you about so many of these life-changing intersections that I've experienced. Um, I am just a single thread bumped up against um, and been woven together with some really incredible people, and so many of them were brought into my life in seemingly haphazard or random, completely coincidental ways. But I have come to the belief, or I've come to believe, that there's no such thing as coincidences. I think... God ordains um, or allows that happens with purpose for a purpose. And sometimes, if not a lot of times, we may not see the purpose in it until retrospect. Um, It's like the Instagram reels that the weavers make. Yes, I am weird. And I follow (laughs) accounts that post videos of people weaving. Um, But they'll do like a close up video shot of them working. And you're like, oh, that's real cute. And then they cut and go to the end result um, that they of this masterpiece that they've made, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's actually stunning! Mm. It's beautiful. So much better than I thought that it was going to be." Um, and I think God does that with our lives all the time. Um, so, okay, to answer your question, I'll share a few just like flyover um, examples that I've experienced in my life. Um, I think meeting my husband is the most obvious one. Um, my now husband went to a Super Bowl party with my mom at her church just so she didn't have to go to go to it alone. I had no interest in going but I um, knew that she wanted to go and she didn't want to go alone so I just told her that I would go to the first half with her and that's where I met Christopher um and then another example would be two women who are dear dear friends um I met them in ministry and different seasons of life. um, And the Lord ended up sending them with me and Christopher to Kansas City to plant the church um, that we started out there, um, even though we didn't ask them to. Okay, I'm going to (laughs) clarify. Christopher felt very strongly when he was called to plant the church that um, he was also convicted to not specifically in to come and plant the church with us, which if you're unaware, that's totally counterintuitive to almost all church planning models that you'll find. Um, but that's something that he was convicted of. So we didn't do it. And I will say that I did actually jokingly ask Diana to come with me because she was my friend and I wanted to have a friend there. And she was like, no, not happening. Absolutely not. And then Several weeks later, um, we're in the process of getting ready to move. And she calls me up and she was like, listen, God will not let me not move with you. I actually, (laughs) I have to move. I have to go plant this church with you in Kansas City. Um, And even though I don't want to, I feel like I'm supposed to, (laughs) essentially. So um, those are two women that uh, were... Uh, examples of different intersections being woven through my life. My, I call her my very first friend in Kansas. So I'm not going to share her name um, just because she's a pretty private person. And um, this kind of came from an intimate conversation that we had, um, this idea or intersection. Um, but the first job that I was offered um, when I moved to Kansas is the job that I took. I applied for everything because of the nature of what we were doing um, Being in the inner city area, area, uh, we weren't anticipating Christopher as the pastor of a church plant to uh, really make any money. So I was just applying to everything that I could. And the first job that I was given, um, a job in probation. And so I worked with adult felony level offenders. um, And my very first friend came from that job. Um, In a conversation that we were having one day about infertility, um, she told me about a local lady named Heidi Faith who actually had a Facebook group for women experiencing infertility and pregnancy loss. And then um, fast forward two years and I experienced pregnancy and uh, missed miscarriage at 12 weeks gestation. Um, fast forward again five more years after that and all the things lined up and I was finally ready to officially start. Um, pursuing a doula certification some way, somehow, I didn't know. And the first and then only program that I looked into was founded by um, none other than that same lady, Heidi Faith, um, just by happenstance, uh, that or uh, if you want to call it the intersection being rewoven again um, in my life. So those are a couple of examples that I can think of right off the top of my head.
1: That's so cool. And I love that her name is like her last name is faith too. Right? Like that's so cool. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people would probably interpret, um, the stuff for fate, you know, kismic, like so many things, uh-huh. but we know it to be like God's woven, you know, into our lives and, um, God's plan for our lives. Really. Um, you know, I'd love to, to like hear how, um, have these intersections determine the direction of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think
2: for me, recognizing these intersections, whether in the moment or in hindsight, gives me such an appreciation for how great and vast and good God is. Um, if we pay attention, it shows how intimately He cares for us and pursues us. Matthew 10 tells us that God knows how many hairs we have on our head psalms 139 says god knows when we sit and when we rise and that it's god who created our innermost being and psalm 44 says god knows our hearts um, because he's the one who made us um and i think that it's one thing to read about god's attention and affection for us in the bible all together to experience it and then recognize it in our lives and i think recognition is key uh, because we can experience his goodness and be too enthralled with the gift that he's given us that we miss the gift giver. And I'm very much um, guilty of that often in my life. Um, but when I experience his goodness and I recognize it, my appreciation for him and his ways and his plans and growth, And then consequently, my trust for him does too, which helps mm-hmm. moving forward and faith and in trust, um, in the, into the future.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean, Becca. I've seen God move in ways like that in my life too. I remember, um, there was, there were years ago that it was years ago when I was running a lot and I had so much pain in my knee, um, that I couldn't run anymore. And one of my friends, Caroline said, you know, God can heal you, you know, let's pray together. Um, and anyone who knows me knows that like, my running is, you know, my Mm -hmm. time with the Lord. That's Mm -hmm. when I listen to the Bible. That's when I pray. That's when I see him through the beauty in nature. And so to lose this just felt so sad to me because it really was, you know, a, a lot of the time that I spent with the Lord and I treasure it. And she prayed with me and she said, um, you know, like God, will you heal Amy's knee? And I felt fire come into it. I literally felt like his full and complete healing. Wow! And this was years ago. And I look back, and I know um, that that was a moment that God gave me. You know, to be able to like continue my relationship and growing with Him. And and I love running, but even more so, I love. You know, that he brought that person into my life that, you know, believed that God could heal me and that would pray for it. And it's just brought me so much closer to him. I think, um, you know, like you were saying, recognizing that goodness and um, seeing that God is the one who's working and, and who's working in these little moments in our life is so important. And Becca, I know that you've recently had one of these big changes in your life. You recently moved from Kansas City back to the Carolinas. Can you tell us how that came about and how God has been directing you in your life?
2: Yeah, um, I would love to talk about that and share. To answer your question, I would like to add a quick caveat yeah. to what I said about— um, um, in your spiritual life, um, um, it's um, an upward trend, right? Trend, right? It's not uh, a straight line that just shoots upwards and onwards for a overall process, process that is going, going upwards. Um, so I, I think that is definitely important for my experience in coming back to the Carolinas. By now, um, I've been in active ministry, married to a pastor of a church plant um, 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 for the past seven years in youth ministry prior to that. And then in a different scopes of in different Capacity capacities brought to that, like I've been in, in ministry mis- for many, many years now, you would think, Oh, big life change. She's gonna handle this gracefully and um, trust the Lord the whole way. And that is probably not how I would describe my experience um, in the beginning. Uh, when Christopher felt very, he was being released from his role as, as a church planning pastor, I, I struggled because I had not received that um, communication from the Lord, if you will. And so, um, it was hard for me to accept that we're having yet another big life change, but the Lord had not revealed it to me, um, directly. So, um, it, it, was different. Um, so I wrestled a lot with the balance of my role as, Missive wife and following my husband's calling, um, you know, to plant the church in Kansas. And then, seven years later, being released from that calling um, um, that's his as well. Um, but then, bouncing as an individual um, who I believe that the Lord speaks to directly and all that kind of stuff, too. It just wasn't happening, happening in this situation in the circumstance. Um, um, so, I didn't directly hear from God. Um, that it was time for Christopher to step down. And it was a, kind of a total shock to my system when Christopher told me that he was really convinced and convicted um, that this was uh, real. Um, so, but then, you know, later I realized in my heart and in my spirit that I did feel differently than any other time that we had spoken about leaving Minish in years past. Um, the other times I had a very distinct and obvious opposition to the notion, like, no, that, that can't be like, we're going to live here and we're going to retire from multiply church. Um, and then maybe we'll move somewhere scenic, like the beach or the mountains, (laughs) um, because Kansas is in the, it's landlocked. Um, so I didn't, I didn't actually have that this time. So the Lord had been preparing my heart. And um, kind of ushering me into being able to accept it and recognize it, even though he did not give me the direct words um, and heads up, I guess, if that makes (laughs) sense. Um, So once we realized, okay, this this is different. That direct opposition um, in this conversation that we're, we're having, having, um, we immediately went to our closest account- accountability partners. Um, we entered a season of intentional prayer and fasting and seeking discernment on um, that idea or that notion um, of him stepping down as, as the pastor. We know that the Holy Spirit does not sow in confusion, so that's why it was important for us to include our closest accountability partners, um, in that. So if opposed, um, then we would take it into prayer longer. Um, and we actually entered a season into all of us being in agreement for, I think about six months, months, like, Hey, "Hey." we think that this is, we're going to give it time. And then nothing ever changed, changed. Um, anything like that like it was affirmation that we received
1: yeah and I I love that like you know full circle right like it's been almost a year um you guys are approaching of since you've kind of come back to the Carolinas and um and started a a new home here and and gotten to be with you know your mom I'm sure loves it as well like having you close and um but, you know, for a lot of people, I'm sure they're all wondering, like, uh, how did you know you were even following God's guidance and direction? Like, how did you know that it wasn't, you know, something else? It wasn't just yes. a feeling. Like, how did you know mm-hmm. it was God's guidance and Absolutely. direction?
2: Absolutely. So I think that's exactly why we wanted to bring in our accountability partners um, to make sure that it wasn't. Um... Uh, two are better than one and a a strand of three is not easily broken. Like the more people that are standing with you and pursuing truth and um, discernment from the Lord who know you, who trust um, the Lord uh, with you and for you um, is more trustworthy than just you by yourself. Um, And so that was really important for us. But then all of us overall, I'd say, Uh, Peace was the overwhelming factor. Although it was overwhelmingly painful emotionally, um, we were all at peace with Mm -hmm. um, this uh, situation, at peace with um, this next step. Was the peace, um, despite pain and affirmation from other believers, coupled with biblical wisdom, Mm -hmm. And least important but still considered was definitely uh, the practical implications of um, what it was going through uh, in the season that we were in um, developmentally there and all that. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Yeah. yeah. Does that answer your question?
1: Definitely. Yeah, it's great.
0: And I think that that's so encouraging. We've been talking a lot on the podcast this year about... Um, setting goals and dreams and listening to God's will in our life, you know, really focusing on hearing from God, being deeply rooted in his truth and his Mm -hmm. will for us. And I think that you've given us such tangible and practical steps, Becca, you know, the peace that you felt. I do think that we have a peace um, that comes over us. You know, the Bible says, I give not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. And I feel like there is a supernatural peace that God Mm -hmm. gives that when you feel it inside, you know, like, okay, like I'm in God's will, this is from him. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and like you said, you know, coupled with the affirmation from other believers, I love that, you know, it's not just one prayer that you prayed, that you spent months praying over it together, that you all felt like God was telling you the same thing. I love, you know, the practical ways that you have, you know, thoughtfully, walked out, you know, trying to hear from God, trying to follow his will and direction in your life, even when it's as big as a move all the way across the country. And, um, you know, I know the other thing that you mentioned was being rooted in, um, in truth in God's word. And are there any verses that stuck out to you during this time that sort of helped you through these big decisions? Oh,
2: yes, absolutely. Um so Hebrews 13:14 has been my mantra for the past year. Um I the, so the world is not my home. Um that's the mm. first part of that verse and I actually did a little three-part mini series about this verse that concept um on my Instagram when I was in the throes of processing our move. Um, The Holy Spirit reminded me of that verse before we moved. Mm -hmm. I can remember where I was standing at the kitchen sink. I was crying while I was washing dishes. Um, I had just gotten off the phone with a dear friend, Becky. And um, we were talking about, you know, being sad that uh, we were going to be far apart. Um, And she shared the imagery of um, not broken, like as in brokenhearted, but in... That, but being broken open so like Man. soil um, needs to get broken open to get oxygen stirred through it um, we had talked about that and how we um, with our move and being separated our our friendship being at a distance um, going forward and um, I thought it was so perfectly descriptive of how I felt um, I was being broken open um, there was pain I was in pain but I was hope trusting in God's purpose for it. Um, so yeah, I was washing dishes and I'm crying over this. And um, after uh, we had hung up, I I heard in my spirit, "This world is not my home," and I immediately knew that it was a verse. I just didn't know um, exactly where it was in the Bible, so I had looked it up, of course. And yeah. um, over the past year, that verse has soothed and comforted me. It has encouraged me and grounded me in different um, emotional realities or in different uh, ways. But just recently, I have been focusing on um, implementing, being intentional to implement uh, the verse that comes right after that. And it's verse 15. And the first part of it, again, it says, therefore, let us off." Jesus, a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Um, so it's praising and thanking Him in the waiting, in the unknown, um, in the sacrifice. It's a sacrifice sometimes to choose to praise the Lord when we don't feel like it, when we're in the painful season, when we're in the unknowns of waiting and something scary. Um, it's easy. No, I'll, I'll say it's easier. Um, to praise out of abundance when we've received the gifts that our hearts are aching or longing for. Um, and it's hard. It's sometimes a sacrifice, uh, but that's where our um, faith really made our um, fear feet. Feet founded. Uh, our feet are really like. p- firmly planted um, in our faith of the Lord.
0: And I think, you know, that faith has led you on to this new journey. If you guys don't know, Becca has, um, you know, done a lot of amazing things. We've got to hear about some of them today, but, um, she is also a photographer. We actually got to shoot a wedding together out in Kansas city, um, and is now also a certified doula. Becca, can you share, um, a little bit more about this part of your journey, you know, how God has led you to this place and what it has looked like for you.
2: Yeah. Okay. The fun stuff, right? (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, yeah. So the, the shortest version Um, of a detailed detailed explanation explanation that I could give you because I really love telling detailed, is that I really fell in love with God's design for and in birth um, when I was preparing to give birth to my daughter, Elena, um, from how he created women's bodies, these and then and feed them. It's miraculous and I, it's magical to me. Um, so I had mentioned um, earlier that I my first pregnancy ended in I had a missed miscarriage and um, I don't know um, I won't go into too many details, although I am um, the kind of person that I don't have a TMI filter. Like I am very open. (laughs) I talk about anything and everything with anybody who wants to know about it. Um, And that's like, yeah, whatever it is. Um, (laughs) But um, when I experienced my miscarriage with my first- different than what I had ever thought that a miscarriage was um, and, and uh, the, the long story short there it was physical and um and all of those things but um, and that really affected how um, I entered mentally entered into labor with my daughter several years later um, I remember in high school joking that I was going to walk into the arms open, like give me all the drugs. I don't want to feel any pain. Um, I was very scared of it, but then I had all of that pain and didn't get hold the baby at the end when I had my miscarriage. Um, so I like at the point in gestation that I was at, it was, it was actual labor pains, even though it wasn't a full term baby. Um, And so I was no longer afraid of the labor pains because in this labor, I had a baby to look forward to at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was totally shifted. And I really dove head like nose deep. I don't know whatever that phrase is um, into um, researching how to have an unmedicated Um, childbirth. And because of finances at the time, um, we could not afford a doula. And so I basically, I'm an Enneagram five. I'm a researcher. (laughs) Um, I, I love it. If I get onto a topic, I go very deep, very wide, very far, like all of the things.
0: Yeah. um,
2: So I basically trained Christopher how to be my doula even though neither of us had ever like had a baby before. So, um, (laughs) and it was perfect. I can't describe to you how perfect it was. He um, did everything that I had taught him to. Um, He was strong and steady and confident the whole time. Um, And it was an amazing birth experience. And it was so, so good for our relationship. And then meanwhile, all of this is happening and I realized that I have officially become that friend that everybody goes to and everybody gives their phone number out to, um, to friends of friends. So uh, my friend, Rebecca, if you have questions while you're pregnant about birth or about things like that, I became that friend. So, um, we all mm-hmm. have friends who we know are like, oh, if I have a question about this, I definitely go to that friend. Like every this one friend about tech questions, right? Well, I'm, Hmm. I'm like everybody's birth friend in my world. (laughs) Um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And all right. I'm talking like I have been on the phone texting with husbands while their wives are in labor and they're asking me, what do I do? How can I help? Um, so I, I love it. Of course I'm texting them and I'm excited and I'm giddy. And, uh, I'm even to the point where I'm like I found out that strangers are pregnant and I'm like, "Ooh, can I come to your birth?" Like I love birth. <laughs> um and so I, I I'm just recognizing um okay, there, there is a natural inst- desire and passion there um and I want to just pursue that um as a more official uh capacity. So that's that's kind of why I um decided to become a doula. Um, I don't think that I will ever get in t- get tired of encouraging women to experience birth. How um, God designed them to give birth, um, to not be afraid of birth. Um, and um, I, this is going to sound pretty um, hippie, uh, but I kind of enjoy recovery ancestral birthing wisdom um, that makes the process of birth easier and more, in, more enjoyable for
1: women today and for the generations of women that come after us. I love that. And I, I love that you also like, uh, intertwined photography in this as well. So I, I mean, knowing that your sister was on our podcast, um, a few months ago, uh, yeah. I guess last year, Laura and, um, and you had been at her birth, and even photographed yeah. it, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yeah. Um, yeah, and you had like Grant strapped on you, and I got yeah. to, I like missed you by like a day. I got to see them and <laughs> yeah. got to meet Oakley, and. Um, And they, they talked about what a wonderful experience. And did you include some of that, like ancestral birthing wisdom into that? And what exactly is that? I mean, I, I am like new to all things motherhood in general. So like, you know, I don't know anything. Um, So it's really encouraging and, you know, good to hear that people shouldn't be afraid of, of that, that comes out of there. My only uh, instance is being in the room with Amy (laughs) and photographing her birth. And, you know, it's not something that like, I feel passionate about, so it's nice to hear <laughs> you know someone that is
2: <laughs> it's, it's totally different for every um it's a very personal thing, uh, but one thing I went to in my generation of birth with Elena was that women have been having Thank babies you since you the dawn of humanity. humanity, and um it's yeah. only been actually kind of recently that birth has been medicalized and brought into the hospital i i think um i could be wrong but i know there's generally close that i think the first like actual maternity hospital was sometime before 1920 um mm-hmm. and so women have been giving birth at home or in the fields for forever They're being helped by other women um, most, most of the time. And so, so there's so much knowledge and, and information that was being passed down from generation to generation that ended up getting lost when uh, birth moved into the hospital realm. That was because the doctors were, were doing, doing things for them. And honestly, if you, you want, want to really jump into a rabbit hole, you should do a quick google search and see what birth was like in the 1920s when women made that transition just because they were told it was safer um doesn't necessarily it actually was so um that's a big soapbox that i could stand on for a long time but i'm not going to not what, um, my, my the root desire that meant to the bodies that got designed for them. He created women. He created babies. He created women to, to grow and birth their babies. Um, and I, I just love, um, helping women feel confident in that and to experience that process and not be
1: a I love that. And I love how informative it is like for anyone that is interested in it, but also if anyone's having a baby, it's very like, you know, good to know before you kind of get into, you know, the hospitals and whatnot. Um, But we're just so happy to have you on here and get to kind of hear just more about your journey where um, the intersections of life have kind of brought you and where God's direction has led you. And we I'd love to make sure that everybody knows where to find you if you have like a specific Instagram for your stuff with with doula or photography or wherever you want everybody to follow you or your website.
2: or both. Yeah. So I will say that I am a fair weather um, social media friend <laughs> um I, I really i don't keep it on my phone um uh, but i do i will log in on my computer and check my messages and then very occasionally rarely I post things um, my instagram is rebecca haimes photography uh, my last name is a weird one so i'll spell it for you it's h-a-y-m-e-s, H-A-Y-M-E-S. and that's my website okay. uh listeners who are in the greenville upstate area um uh, that's where i'm at right now um
1: so reach out (laughs) awesome and thank you so much becca for for joining us and um just telling us you know more about your life and where god's leading you and you guys know where you can find us at njspark.co or njsparkco on
0: instagram And before we go today, we want to leave you with this verse. It's from John 4, and it's 13 through 14. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Thank you again, Becca, for joining us, for sharing about how God has led and directed you directed you in your journey we are so grateful and we'll see you guys back here again in two weeks